to the Gridiron Show in association with Touchdown Trips, getting you in the game. And week two is on the horizon. We've got one of the worst Thursday night football games in living memory to talk about. And we'll be previewing all the big matchups from this coming weekend, including speaking with Packers cornerback Devon House. He's back in the building. He had a cracking game week one. Does he think they can beat the Falcons? All that to come on the Gridiron Show. Hello and welcome to the Gridiron Show in association with our friends at Touchdown Trips. I say it like that because Simon Clancy is on the show this week. Ollie Hunter in the studio with me. Matt Sherry here as well. A full complement of idiots to talk you through week two football. <laughs> it's been a fractious start, I think it's fair to say, after some technical issues, boys. Oh, it's an absolute omni-shambles. Yep. It's, it's the way we like it around here. Actually, Sherry said to me the other day that he was feeling really positive about the podcast over recent days. Uh, and I feel like... Have you heard it? All that... <laughs> I feel like all that good news has gone out the window with the last 10 minutes of behaviour from all involved. Mainly you. <laughs> I, I've... I've uh, I'm not... I'm not You're in somewhat yeah, culpable for yeah, this as well. Yeah. It's fine. We're here, we're recording. Hopefully you're listening. In fact, Ollie, just a quick check. Are we recording? Yep. Just to check, Simon Clancy, <laughs> have you listened back to the preview <laughs> awards show, perchance, or had any feedback on it? No, I haven't, but what have you done to me? <laughs> well, disgracefully, you didn't turn up until we'd already discussed one uh, one of the awards. You so. didn't show up till till we got to defensive rookie of the of the year for Re- some reason. Rewind. Don't think that's the case. Uh, <laughs> it, it was as far as the listeners concerned because Ollie didn't press record for the first ten minutes. We were talking Brilliant. and we had to redo offensive rookie of the year and pretend like you were late. But the incredible we thing pretended is- that you texted in your pick. <laughs> that is an absolute disgrace. That's more disgraceful than the technical shambles over the last ten minutes. I- I'm really sorry because. We had some great chat. Great we had chat. Great chat. It's the best chat. I think it's the best chat we've ever had. I think the Saints chat still got in though. The big shop chat still got in. Yeah. So that's that was the best bit of it all. Let's be honest. So poor. Yeah. So <laughs> poor. The, did you did you get yeah. to Sainsbury's? Did you get your shop in? People are on tenter hooks waiting to find out. Great. I did. Although God knows it probably wasn't even recorded, or you probably cut Tesco's in or Aldi or so poor. Yeah. So whoever's willing to give us a book, Simon. Well, absolutely. <laughs> well, I, I like to think my friends at Touchdown Trips will uh, will help in that regard. Yes, they yes they will. I can't wait. I'm so excited for this trip. We've just been sorting out our LSU tickets in the last day or so. Uh, there are still a couple of places left available if you've got you know if you've had a windfall. If you've won some money on the slots, maybe... If you, actually, last time I did this, people got someone got really angry at me because I suggested that you should be going out and buying lottery tickets in order to try and come on touchdown trips with us. It's like, just having a joke, mate. Sorry. In all seriousness, it is going to be an absolutely yeah. mega fortnight. Yeah. And then nothing to do with selling any extra tickets. I mean, the, the plans and the things we've got lined up are absolutely superb, so it's going to be great. And a lot of stuff that's going to, then going to feature in the podcast, in the magazine, and to like about what's happening in the next six weeks. Uh, lots of like what's happening about the next six weeks as well because in two and a bit weeks time we're going to be at Bloomsbury Bowl Lanes for our London Games celebration party it's going to be after the Dolphins Saints game which despite the fact that your Dolphins wanted out Simon Clancy is still going ahead in London uh, and then join us after the game for Red Zone for pizza for whiskey for uh, just bowling. a whole for bowling uh, for a great night of revelry with other NFL fans in central London you can find tickets right now at gridiron-magazine.com we've been doing this party for a couple of years now and it's always really good fun and tickets are available now I've done my shilling my shilling shilling what's the word shilling I've done my shilling guys and all of this, this is on the fly, yeah you missed a great opportunity to say that he was back in the house and not the building, given that's his surname. Again, an absolute disgrace. <laughs> shambles. <laughs> absolute shambles. Uh, when you, when you were saying it, I was thinking... greenhouse. I was thinking maybe he's just trying to be ironic, and then I thought, no, he's just fucked it up. Who's who's back? What? Devon House? What? Yeah. he's. You said back in the building, Devon House. Why didn't you say he's back in the house? Yeah, it would have made more sense, wouldn't it? I reckon... All of this is better than talking about Texans Bengals, though. Let's be honest. Where's, Worst where's game ever. Music as well, Ollie. Yeah, there's there's some stuff going on on the other side of the glass that I'm not really paying attention to. I'm just going to keep going until I'm told to get out of my seat. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, 
just give us a second guys hold on can i just say something and i hope you keep this in this is not only the worst most incredibly <laughs> dreadful technical shambles of all time i don't know if there's, i'm on the listeners probably won't know about it. i'm on echo so badly that i feel like i'm a backing singer at a share concert what's great is that we can't hear that our end at thank all. god so that's a problem at your end well mate, that's fine well essentially end. you've dialed me up so it's coming from your line but that's fine let's we don't need to talk about that oh, this is this is some really daddy babies <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, well that's fine. As long as the, as long as the listeners don't hear me like I'm speaking through that vocoder, that's fine. If if this was on Twitter, I would be getting the uh, popcorn gif out right now, wouldn't I? This is we. What's the worst part of this is is we've been hoisted by our own petard here because we made a, a massive we had a massive whinge that the live NFL coverage didn't make it into a show called Seven Days of Talk Sport, which is a show that highlights the best bits of the last seven days of talk sport and because very we kicked, short show because we kicked up a fuss just to wind up the producer of that show now they've got to come in and record the intro for the nfl bit so uh we'll be back in a minute Apologies for that brief interlude. Let's talk about pathetic, that. Let's, pathetic. <laughs> let's talk. Ten minutes have gone. Right. Let's talk about that Thursday night football game because we kind of going have from to. pathetic to even worse. Deshaun Watson scored a touchdown. That happened. Uh, the Bengals. And it was awesome. Uh, you you guys might have seen this because I think Adam Schefter tweeted it, but the most astounding stat about how terrible the Bengals have been to start the season. They're the first team to go zero and two when they've started with two home games and not to score a touchdown in either of those games since the 1939 Eagles. Jeez. (laughs) On the brink of war, 1939 Eagles. Oh, man. Maybe it's it's Korea that's upsetting them. It might be. More than 20 years before the Super Bowl was even thought of. Uh, The worst part is, I remember, I think it's Bengals, Kev, who was one of our loyal listeners on Twitter, was really getting stuck into me last year when I suggested I thought it was going to be a really bad year for the Bengals. Last time Marvin Lewis won a big game, sports writers were using typewriters. I mean, that's how, you know. I mean, Andy Dalton was truly dreadful last night, not just in terms of, you look at his overall stat line and it's not terrible. In fact, it's slightly better, actually, than... uh, than uh, Tom Brady's was in week one, but... Can I just say, though? so many wide-open throws. Uh, it was uh, unbelievable. In, in all seriousness, and we joke about how bad the game was, I have consistently said Andy Dalton is a very, very below-average NFL mm. quarterback. He was below-average at TCU. I was amazed he went in the second round, and... God, he was dreadful last night. He Ma- was dreadful. Marvin Lewis, for the second week in a row, has backed Andy Dalton to keep retain the starting job, which of course is he has. just absolutely stunning. Well, uh, what's, what's more stunning about it, really, as well, is, is I'd forgotten that they have AJ McCarron, who is probably hmm. like maybe one of the three or four most sought-after backups in the league. It's absolutely ridiculous, isn't it? But would you want to put like AJ McCarron behind that line, which just is a- as dreadful as it is? And would you really want to? I mean, they're at a point now where tanking doesn't seem like the worst idea because Marvin Lewis has got to be on his way out of the door this year. It is the, no, right, the experiment for, for, has finally failed. And for new and for listeners, people, they're, for they're, new listeners, this is twenty sixty five and earth is a frozen wasteland and <laughs> marvin lewis is still the bengals head coach and they are still eight and eight i mean he must have photos of somebody <laughs> and and will you said put him behind that line that line wasn't responsible for andy dalton throwing out of the end zone in oh, sorry throwing out of bounds way over <laughs> receivers what was that about wasn't wasn't um responsible for throwing to alex erickson who had a great game on that final play fourth and long <laughs> But wasn't responsible for that decision making. I mean, the, Come the, on, the man! Is, is, the thing is, as well, like 
The, the the one throw that he completed was about a fifty yard bomb that AJ Green caught in triple in three. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was, so a, so, so look at the skill players they've got. Fourth and nine, and think, well, do you know to have any chance here, I need to just throw the ball in the general vicinity of AJ Green. I I picked the Bengals this week on the basis that I just thought to myself they've got enough decent pieces there that they should be able to put something together. I was wrong. I couldn't have been more spectacularly but, wrong. No, it's but because what is, they have Andy Dalton. What, what, you what, say, you say what is interesting? To... This is this is what is interesting about what you're saying there with the AJ Green thing is that Deshaun Watson obviously the big scramble play for the touchdown that was the difference between the two teams. But actually, when they put together the, the drive, I woke up and watched the fourth quarter of this game. And if you only watched the fourth quarter, you'd be kind of given for thinking Deshaun Watson was ready to be an NFL starter because he had one drive where they took six plus minutes off the clock you know how he did it he kept throwing to DeAndre Hopkins and DeAndre Hopkins kept making plays and it was as easy as that that was that was after a pretty average game from Hopkins because there Mm. were a couple of catches he should have made earlier in the game particularly one I remember that he he juggled and ended up not being a first down but but yeah I mean Watson it's it's funny because I thought this was a good win for the Texans in that they have a lot of injuries. It was so bad what happened on Sunday in the circumstances. And they showed a lot of resilience to bounce back. There were two dropped pick sixes away from it being a complete and utter disaster though. So it's it, and, and really, as much as their defence looked a little bit more like what we expected, it's impossible to judge whether that's a mirage based on how terrible the the Bengals offences at the moment did anyone see JJ Watt's post-match interview with NFL Network Uh, like it was JJ Watt in classic JJ Watt mode but obviously he's already comeback player of the year NFL man of the year all of that's already sealed but right at the end of the interview they asked him about TJ Watt getting two picks and a uh, and a forced fumble or a fumble recovery I think it was in his first ever game and the touchdown and JJ Watt's response was like yeah I got back into the locker room I looked at my phone and the headlines were what has historic game and I was just like I played like garbage what is this <laughs> can I say something controversial about DeAndre Hopkins by the way please I'm not sure he's that good yeah, I, I he makes a lot of he's... contested catches. He can't get open against man coverage. No separation at None all. None whatsoever. He may, may... Unless he unless he pushes off, which yeah. he did any time. I went to sleep at halftime, so I don't know what happened in the second half. But there was a history, lot of pushing off. History shows that he does. He makes a lot of contested catches, and that's great. He's great on uh, getting his feet in bounds on the sideline. Great body control. He never ever gets open in man coverage so why you would ever play zone against DeAndre Hopkins is beyond me I think he's got good hands but yeah, yeah no, I excellent hands but he cannot cannot yeah. get open and you know that Bengals you look at the skill position players they've got Bernard Jeremy Hill Mixon Tyler Boyd Erickson AJ Green LaFell John Ross Tyler Eifert it's, it's, it it's is astonishing it? it's astonishing how bad they are yeah. then you look the, at the, the other, other side the other, I mean the other thing with the game last night is I always look at a low scoring game and one thing I always watch out for because I am really the sad loser that I come across as on this show is, is just <laughs> I can confirm the, 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 the special teams battle though is, is so huge in a game like that and the Bengals won that hands down in this game the Texans had virtually every drive starting inside the 20 or at least it seemed that way and, and Ericsson was showing a lot of wiggle on returns to the point where I think their starting average field position must have been at least 10 yards further up the field, and yet still, they can't get it done in the close game. <laughs> Love you, Jerry. Uh, uh, and also, Bill O'Brien, uh, I know oh, Matt loves go. it. I know this Matt loves it because he, uh, he was at the Patriots once. But, you know, first of all... <laughs> For 10 minutes. First of all, he takes 120 days to make a decision about his quarterback, then changes his mind after 25 minutes. Maybe he's the problem and not the quarterbacks. But what, what's, what's the problem? I mean, the more the, I watch Bill O'Brien's Texans, the better Brock Osweiler looks to me. Oh, come I mean, on. that offense Have is trash. I, and, and also, he does not have an idea how to get creative with a dual-threat quarterback. I mean, what? Well, I, 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 think the, I think there's issues there with him doubling up as the offensive coordinator, and I think they need to But then that's his responsibility. He's been there long enough to change yeah, that. Yeah, I, I agree, but ultimately you can't argue with the results of 27 wins in three years as an NFL head coach. Oh, and also, he's awful. Uh, uh, he is an awful loser. He is awful. He's an awful head coach. I mean, he will be the Patriots' offensive coordinator next year when Josh McDaniels is a head coach. I'll tell you what, I guarantee if Bill O'Brien isn't coaching the Texans next year, he'll have another head coaching job in the blink of an eye. Nobody's so going to hire him. him. Well, well, the there's so many awful head coaches. Right, I'm jumping in. I'm jumping in. Wins. Stop it. 
Stop it. We've <laughs> talked too much about this game. Amazingly, this is, we have. It's like, is, that's like eight minutes. And by the way, uh, just, just to, just to give me a one-word answer, anybody in any way surprised to see Brian Cushing suspended for ten games for PEDs? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> what a turd of a human being. He, he, must wow. eat, he must eat them like everybody else eats sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, let's move on and look at the week uh, two games coming up. We'll also be hearing from Devon House. Back in the house, sorry, uh, Green Bay. Uh, he, uh, we talked to him earlier this week, uh, looking forward to this weekend's game and talked a bit about that improving Green Bay defence. But what we're going to do now, I want to go around the room and I'm going to ask everyone for their highlight game of the week because there are some really, really standout matchups here. And I'm sorry if someone else picks yours. If they pick yours, move on and pick a different one. And I'm going to start with Matt Sherry. I am going to pick... Uh, the Minnesota Vikings. You pick mine. You pick mine. You bastard. You pick mine. Honestly, I mean, there's a lot of other games that are a little bit more eye-catching. I mean, people are going to love the Brady Brees matchup, especially with them both being zero and one. And Mate, before you and start previewing everyone else's, just get on <laughs> to yours. your game. You're, uh, get on to your ones before you u- use up our backups. Kel surprise, you chose the Patriots. Yeah. <laughs> um, but but I, I just think that the Vikings were so impressive against New Orleans on Monday Night Football and I'm still not convinced that Big Ben is, is Big Ben anymore I, I still want to see that kind of process unfold and I want to see that unfold against the defence that I think right now playing as they did on Monday is the best in the NFL and, and you feel that maybe with the offensive line Sam Bradford's going to take a, a step forward again and to me the Vikings if, if Bradford plays anything like he did on Monday Night on a regular basis the Vikings, to me, are the most dangerous team in the NFL and, and maybe the most well-rounded team in the they NFL. O- they so. also have the most accurate quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, like Bradford, he's a joke Bradford Bradford is how accurate he is. I mean, he looked like Sam Bradford the year he won the Heisman at Oklahoma. That was a, a, He had a drive just before halftime which led to that fantastic... It finished off with that great Stephon Diggs touchdown catch, but the catch before it was the one where he got Just absolutely failing. drilled... No, he got the digs got drilled about at about the five yard line, but still held on. That drive, oh, yeah. his throw to Thielen on that oh, on that drive was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. He just yeah. looked absolutely superb. And I think that's what's really interesting about this game. And I think it's the reason why a lot of us would have picked it is that you've got that not necessarily surprising to some but slight surprise in the Vikings offence against the Steelers defence that were really good against the Browns and have been a really improving unit over the last year and a half and the rookies have looked really impressive which has never really happened with the Steelers before versus the opposite side the Steelers in theory we want them to be the most explosive offence in the league on paper but Martavis Bryant didn't show up last week Uh, maybe he needs some time to warm back up after a year out of football Le'Veon Bell didn't run the ball well and essentially I think like something like 80% of Ben's yards came to Antonio Brown so they need to do more against this Vikings defence and that's why I've picked the Vikings going into Pittsburgh to get the win I tell you this game will be won and lost in the trenches and there's a great battle between uh, Javon Hargrave who's one of the most underrated players could be an all pro in the next couple of years uh, the the kind of nose tackle for for the Steelers where 79, just a phenomenal player, third-round pick last year, against Pat Elfline, who uh, I think a similar third-round pick is the Vikings centre. This should be a really great battle. It, and that's it, where the game will be decided. And there's kind of, you know, you look at Tom Johnson's and the two guys they've got on the on the end in Daniel Hunter and um, Everson Griffin. I think that's just a good, for, for geeks of the game, you know, when you're not watching the ball, that's a really fascinating battle because that Vikings OL held up really well last week against what I thought, you know, not a bad front at New Orleans. So it'll be very interesting to see if, if they can if they can keep Bradford clean, then he's uh, he's set for a hell of a season. The big thing for me as well is that I always think with a team like the Vikings who have a lot of talent and you feel like they could put it all together but haven't ever done it in the past, the key is absolute kind of signature wins that build that confidence in the locker room so that when... December, January come, you've got that backlog of of historical wins and great wins in a season. And I think if they can get that on Sunday, going into Pittsburgh, notoriously tough, I think the Vikings are really becoming a force in the NFL if they can get a win like this on Sunday. Simon Clancy, what would be your pick from the other games of the one you're watching out for this week? I suppose Green Bay Atlanta stands out as a... I suppose. Know. Just the NFC title game from last year. 2-1-0 <laughs> teams. Packers defence really... Yeah, just I suppose... The Ripkowski It's an incredible game. game. Oh. The Ripkowski revenge the Ripkowski game. Bowl. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Green Bay looked superb last week. I mean, their defence looks absolutely, you know, prime for a really big season on all three levels. Mike Daniels and Kenny Clark on the interior. I mean, Daniels was played out of his skin last week. Good 
good performances in the secondary as well. Ha ha Clinton. Morgan Burnett is one of the most underrated players in the entire NFL. Um, and, I, and, and Rogers looked Rogers-esque. I mean, my concern with the Packers is, uh, as much as I like them, and my other half is a Packers fan, so I have to buy into it. A great it. woman. A great woman. She's a great woman. Yeah. Um, but they, uh, my little concern is their lack of top-end speed out wide. They they have essentially a, three... Um, possession? Yeah, three possession receivers, really. I mean, they have three DeAndre Hopkins, in a way, in that neither... Oh, that's really harsh on Jordy Nelson, who is yeah, one Jordan... of the best... He's one of the best at getting separation late he in is, the down in the he's league. Not a, he's not a deep threat guy, though. No. He's not a guy that, you know, you're not going to look 60... I mean, he's going to get deep if there's a broken coverage. He's not going to get deep because he's just got two or three yards on a corner. That's just not his game anymore. You know, Randall Cobb and, and Devontae Adams are exactly the same. That would be the one thing that concerns me. There's not a player who can take the top off a defence for the Packers, especially when they're struggling to get Ty Montgomery going in the run game. That not would in be those, my one not concern. Not out of those three, but they do have Jeff Janis and Trevor Davis who, absolutely, who but I don't haven't think really saw, made it yet. So. Absolutely, but I don't think Janis even saw the field last week in terms of non-special teams plays. Yeah, exactly. Um, so so that, that, that would be one concern about a team that I think probably will go to the Super Bowl in, in Green Bay against a really good Falcons team who bounced back played well against the Bears kind of held on a little bit at the end but you know that defence is really good they've got Desmond Trufant another ridiculously underrated guy so do I yeah. one of the top five or six corners in the league they've got him back so that should be a really good battle this week I, I'm really looking forward to that game it should be I, like, I think I think the one thing I would say on Green Bay why I still think the jury's out on last week is to me they just didn't look like moving the ball before the the Strip fumble that ultimately led to the to their first touchdown. Don't forget that that that's uh, you said Minnesota's the best defense. Seattle's defense Seattle, is Seattle pretty is right ridiculous, up there, absolutely. But the point is that they didn't even look like moving the ball. It wasn't just they just went. They didn't look like scoring a touchdown. And I and I still I still at the back of my mind think that even at the end of last season when it came together, the offense still to me did not come together. Rodgers just. Was fully healthy, extended they, players. They and, have. They, and they it always. Feels they create totally a pocket. Unsustainable. Unsustainable. They- that that offensive line creates a pocket almost as well as anyone else in the league. It's just that Aaron Rodgers refuses to use it fifty percent of the time. <laughs> best two, best two I, I, tackles I just, in the league. Yeah, uh, oh, back to Yari in Belaga. Best two tackles in the league. Back to Yari is ridiculous. Well, hopefully he's back this week. Yeah, I think absolutely. I think Tennessee have a shout of that. Yeah, uh, I, I would take I would take the Green Bay too, and I I, I was I was interested at how. The Titans tackles got blew up quite significantly last week. Well, look, let's, to we're going to get onto and we're going to talk about that game. But before we do so, let's hear from the man who's back in the house. Sorry, again. Oh. When we uh, started this four, four <laughs> hours ago, you said back in the building. Yes, I did. He is back in the building after two years in Jacksonville. He's served his time. He's back at Green Bay. He's played every single defensive snap last week and looked very good doing it. Uh, Green Bay Packers cornerback Devon House. Welcoming onto the show cornerback, returning cornerback for the Green Bay Packers for this season. One and zero going into this weekend Sunday night football. Devon House joins us. Uh, how are we doing, Devon? Doing good, doing good. Now uh, you played this past weekend, a hundred percent of the snaps, despite having a bit of a, a hamstring injury in preseason. Just want to check first of all that hammy still feeling good. You full go in practice? Yeah, full, all full go. So uh, good, excited about this week. I mean, for you returning to Green Bay this season, your last game there was that playoff loss, that playoff loss to the Seahawks to to come back and, and to exercise those demons first game back to beat them at Lambeau. That had to be, feel pretty good. It did feel good. It did feel good. It was actually my first time ever beating Seattle. Uh, so right now I am one and three against Seattle. So, um, but it felt good to, to get a little rematch. Yeah, nice. That's no, that's good, and that's get, kind of get that off your chest nice and early. I, I, I kind of wonder. Pe- people expected that Seahawks offense to be pretty explosive this season, but but you guys restricted them to nine points. And there's been a lot of talk going into this year about this new nitro defense that Dom Capers has implemented. Can you can you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, we uh we just we just bringing on another safety. Uh, you know Morgan Burnett. Uh, he plays a little linebacker slash nickel role in that in that package, and uh, he does a great job uh, with the run and the pass, and with guarding tight ends and and filling run gaps. So we figured, hey, let's uh, let's let's put this in there, and Morgan's doing a great job with it, and uh, so far it's working good. It's fair to say, he absolutely killed Russell Wilson's scrambling ability with it, and, and kind of shut them down. People who don't know, it's kind of a smaller lineup, and you talked about Morgan Burnett there, but. 
it seems like we're seeing more defenses in the NFL moving to nickel as that like base package. Can, can you like put a finger as a defensive player on why that might be? Uh, well, it's because the the way the offense is going, they're throwing so much. Uh, the the tight ends nowadays can can uh, can run. It's mismatch. It's a big mismatch with the tight ends on linebackers. So if we we can add another safety or another corner out there on the field, it's going to be better for us. And it must be nice when you're working in coverage, having someone like Mike Daniels playing like he did on Sunday. Yeah, Mike. Mike is Mike is playing phenomenal. Uh, he keeps it up. He's for sure going to be a first ballot, uh, first ballot Pro Bowler this year, uh, which which what which what he deserves. I, I think it's good for him to be mentioned because we talk about kind of interior guys. You talk about Aaron Donald. You talk about Andomakin Sue, but. That kind of as disruptive as he was this weekend against that line, and and going against a team in Atlanta this weekend, who you're going to have to disrupt them nice and early. A player like that is so key for you guys. He's huge. Um, he, he's one of the reasons why we did a great job in the back end and uh, last weekend. He's going to be one of the reasons why our defense is going to be this good this year. It's because of Mike D and, and our front seven. Mike, he, he... huge, huge in every sense of the word. I'm sorry, what'd you say? I said huge in every sense of the word. Yeah, exactly. Davon, <laughs> he is huge, uh, and he's rightly taken a lot of the plaudits. But it's Kenny Clark, who I thought had an, an eight, almost as good a game, but a, a really good game. Is he a bit annoyed that all of the accolades have gone to Mike, or is he happy to be going a little bit under the radar? No, I don't, I don't think it bothers him at all. Uh, I think at the end of the day, we, we got to win. Uh, our defense did good. We stopped the run. We stopped the pass. Uh, I think that's what everyone's ha- more happy about. Uh, just Mike D was the one that made uh, he made more of the splash plays where uh, the fans and, and the media got to see all the attention to. But there's there's so much little little stuff that goes on between the tackles and on the field that the regular fans don't re- get to uh, get to really see. You came in this this summer back to Green Bay after a couple of years at at the Jags, and we saw them drafting Kevin King in the second round. Despite that, were you surprised to see Ladarius Gunter cut this week? Yeah, I, I was. I was. Uh, Gunter was a brother a brother of ours. Um, we, we we hate when um, when things like this happens. Uh, it sucks that it's part of the business um, where players. I mean, you never know. Um, no one's really safe. Um, but the good thing about Gunn, Gunn made a lot of plays for us last year and did a great job during training camp, so he he should get picked up very quick. Uh, and I want to ask you personally, Devon, you spent some time with the UK Packers this week, our friends coming out there, and, and I was chatting with Ryan from the Packers uh, earlier today. He was telling me about your story and, and how you came to be at New Mexico State. And I just want to ask about you personally a little bit, because from what I understand, if things had gone to plan, you'd be a world-class centre fielder right now. Yeah, hopefully, yeah, that that would have been nice. But uh, <laughs> God had other plans. So I, instead of me playing center field, I'm playing cornerback. So uh, how did that? How did that kind of all happen when you were at New Mexico? Um, just I just ended up playing really well in football. I was going to walk off for base, the baseball team as well. Um, but our our coaches got fired, and once our coach got fired, I had to kind of prove myself the next year. Uh, and then after my second year, I did phenomenal again, and. By then, it was kind of like, hey, let's, let's just stick to this football thing. <laughs> Good work. Devon, you've, obviously you've come back to Green Bay, and you're a man who's got a, a few more years under his belt than some of the other guys, especially the rookies, the second-year guys that, that are in that backfield. Who are the leaders there? Have you come back and assumed that mantle? Are you mentoring some of the younger guys, or is there a leader, maybe Ha-Ha or someone like that, that's already in that backfield and, and you're just take, taking a step back whilst you get reestablished with the team? Well, I, I, if you ask me, I, I feel like uh, we're all leaders back there. Um, I, I mean, you can say that I am, um, you know, talking to more of the Ricky cornerbacks on, you know, how I do things or how how uh, other cornerbacks did things when, you know, with, like the Tremont Williams and Charles Woodson's. When I played with them, I know how they did things and how they saw things. But if you ask me, the the leagues on the on the defense side of the ball is Ha Ha and and Mike Daniels. Uh, as they go, we go. I'm surprised uh, you we, didn't say Clay Matthews as well. There. <laughs> no, no, Clay 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 does a phenomenal job as well. Uh, what about Kevin King? Because because we know he was drafted and we were expecting him to to take plenty of snaps. But you guys seem to have it pretty locked down this weekend across the three of you. It, are we expecting to see more of him? How have you seen his development so far? 
Yeah, Kevin's gonna Kevin's gonna play a lot for us this year, and he's gonna help us a lot. Uh, I think we're just working our way in with him. Don't want to brush him in there uh, too early. Um, so as you can tell, I saw he, he played a little bit last week, and he'll play a lot more this week. Now I want to know your first game back this weekend. Last weekend was was your NFC title revenge after kind of two two and a half years of that sitting cold. This weekend, it's something similar for your teammates after the disappointment of going out to these Falcons last year in the playoffs. Has that been some talk around the facility this week about that that loss and, and how they're going to strike back? Uh, it has been a little bit, uh, not too much, because uh, it's a new year. Uh, both teams are different. Um, you know, they're better. We feel like we're better. Um, but we know this is a big game. I mean, they, they went to the Super Bowl last year, and, and we were one one game away from the Super Bowl. So uh, we're taking this like this is a huge game for us. What what have you seen from them? I, I assume you've started to get on the film of, of the Bears game from last week, a little bit of a, a nervous win for those Falcons and a new offensive coordinator. Are you, are you seeing plenty in that offense that makes you think, right, we're going to have another good week this week? Yeah, their, their offense is good. Um, Julio's the best in the game. Uh, Freeman is, is one of the best running backs in the game. And, and, and uh, Matt is, Matty Ice is Matty Ice. Uh, so it's, it's going to be a tough challenge. Uh, I think we're, we're up to it, and we're excited to see what Sunday brings. That's uh, Sunday Night Football live with us in a, in a matter of hours uh, coming up on TalkSport, the, the commentary on, 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 on air. Um, are the players aware of the fact that it is Sunday night football or is is it just another game? Because the world is watching, the nation is watching, the world is watching, they're listening. Is there a higher profile or is it just another game for you guys? Uh, I think to, for the older guys, the, the guys that are more mature, it's just another game. Because um, you don't want to look at it like, hey, it's, it's, it's Sunday night, the whole world's watching, because then you start to do stuff that you're not, um, that you're not used to doing. Uh, you just want to be yourself. We've been playing football since the age of six. Uh, so you just treat it like it's another game. And, and you're going into Atlanta and that beautiful new stadium. I mean, be nice to go in there and, uh, and ruin the celebrations, I imagine. Yeah, most definitely would be nice. It would be nice to shut them out. It would be really good. Because it didn't quite work out for uh, some of your colleagues last year when Green Bay went into Minnesota's new stadium and Sam Bradford had that lights-out performance. So I think it it would be key for a lot of the guys returning to a new stadium to to put that behind them as well. Yeah, I agree. So what can we expect from Green Bay this season? We saw the Vikings really impressive this past week, but a lot of people have you guys as as favourites in the NFC North. You guys went to the title game last year, but there's a lot of talk about this team and whether or not they they need another ring to really prove that Aaron Rodgers is one of the greatest of all time and to prove how good Mike McCarthy is. So is it all about a title this year? Have you started talking in those terms in the offseason? I mean, I I think every year is about Super Bowl. Uh, that's the reason why we play this game. We don't play it to to almost make it. We don't play it not to make the playoffs. We play it uh, so that at the end of the at the end of the at the end of the the year, uh, we're the team holding up the Lombardi Trophy. Um, so that that's what we're set uh, eyes are set on, and, and uh, you know I'm excited that year's here so we can achieve this. 2015-2016, uh, you came over with the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, to the United Kingdom, to, to, to obviously to Wembley, to, to play, winning as well. Uh, how great would it be for not only British fans of the Green Bay Packers, but also some of the, your, your colleagues to experience that, coming over as a Green Bay Packer and playing over on, on these shores? Oh, man, it, it was nice going over there. The fans were amazing. Uh, the stadium is, is 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 so historically great, um, but I mean it was it was it was a lifetime experience going over there, and especially going over and winning. Well, look, you need to get in the ear of all of those in the front office, all of those on the board there in Green Bay, and get them over here for next year because you guys are one of the most popular teams out here by country mile. Like I say, you hung out with the the UK Packers guys this past week, and and we'd love to see you come and play on these shores. Yeah, that that would be nice. It'd be a dream. Look, Devon, it's been a real pleasure catching up with you and, and hearing from you that you're doing so well in Green Bay. Congratulations on the on the win this past weekend. And if you can go 2-0 and against two of the best teams in the NFC, not a bad way to start the season. Yeah, that would be nice. Appreciate it. Go, Pat. Go, no Devon. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I hate I'm a Green Bay fan. Thanks, man. <laughs>
Thanks. Thanks. Appreciate it. <laughs> cool man Devon House joining us uh, here on I nearly said on Talk Sport that's because we do have this game on Talk Sport this weekend that's why we got oh the Devon God. House interview oh my God what is this a free we didn't have any BBC <laughs> can I just say the BBC NFL show with Mark Chapman OC Human Europe I mean come on you it's can, a great show. You can so absolutely true. promote that that's what a great show OC talking about the, uh, the that clip that they put out on NFL funny, UK was very very funny yeah, yeah. so yeah you can absolutely promote have you seen that the, BBC um, show just going back to the Vikings by the way have you seen that Adrian Peterson's quoted as saying I didn't sign up for nine snaps yeah <laughs> get used to that buddy <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, I was, gonna talk, I was going to talk about it when we talked about the Saints game, but that's fine. I'll just delete it, oh, it oh. from my running order, shall I? Let's talk it. about that game next. Let's talk about that your game, Saints Patriots. I'm going to make it my game, and I'm going to make it my oh, game what? because I because I was going to take Titans Jags, but I just now we've got a segue to it. Adrian Peterson said yes that he only he didn't sign up for nine snaps. That might be all you're getting, Adrian. So don't be surprised if you're on another team come November. Um, this is, uh, the reason this game really intrigues me is because what we saw from New England last week in terms of its defensive frailties are exactly the sort of things that the weapons the Saints have should be able to exploit. Coverage over the middle, those poor coverage linebackers, the, the weapons they've got, and Drew Brees with the weaker arm, but still the accuracy, still the great quarterback head. And then you've got on the other side of the ball, I, I, you said it briefly, Simon, but I thought the Saints' D-line had a brilliant first half last week and then as they had to commit more to coverage more to because Sam Bradford was playing so well they dropped off a little in the second half but I think that Saints defense is better than people are giving it credit for I still have picked the Patriots because I just the idea of the Patriots going 0-2 is almost as big as the idea of the Jags going 2-0 and uh, but I just think there's so many intriguing matchups I think it's going to be a really high scoring game um, and I think that this will be people are kind of expecting the Patriots to come out and waltz a team this week after they're so good after a loss normally and I just think this is going to be a, a really interesting one and the Saints are going to keep it tight I think the, the, um, the, the thing you've just mentioned about the about the, the defence is the key thing as well is See, to me, it's not really the talent issue that everyone's making it out to be. It was a massive communication issue because they put Hightower at end and they just communicated like morons. And Hightower is almost certainly out of this game. Like, he hasn't practised all week. So you would think as well that 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 could be the major problem for the Patriots because they need to simplify the scheme a little bit with Hightower out, but then you do that against Drew Brees and you're immediately asking for problems. So... There's a huge balancing act. New England have got a strike there that if they don't get right, they could encounter some problems. One of the things that New England do so well, as we know, as we know and have discussed ad infinitum, is that they almost take offensive performance on a game-by-game basis and they tailor then what they're going to do game-by-game to, to the opponents that they play. And I would say that if the New Orleans Saints are going to win this game, they need to take Drew Brees almost out of the equation in terms of not making it a conventional passing offence as they usually use, that Sean Payton usually uses. Because I think if you're going to beat the Patriots, you're not going to do it by trying to throw to Ted Gein and Austin Carr and Tommy Lee Lewis. Michael Thomas is going to get double covered because he's he's really good. Kobe Fleener will get covered because he's a you know he's a serviceable tight end. I would make the most of Ingram, Kamara, John Kuhn and Adrian Peterson and just run run, run and run because you know full well that Tom Brady is going to look at that secondary with, with Marshawn Lattimore the rookie at corner with the rookie Marcus Williams at safety and he's going to see lunch essentially as good as they you know and I thought especially Lattimore played pretty solidly it's a decent secondary with Kenny Vaccaro back there and whatever but you know he is going to Brady is going to look to take advantage of those guys I, I was impressed with AJ Klein I was, liked him at Carolina I thought he was excellent last week a- Alex Anzalone had a good start but again there are matchup issues for the Saints against the Patriots offense but I just think if you're going to try and win this game just be creative creative using those three backs because I think that's where you might you might find some success oh. I personally think unless you're talking about the backs in the passing game that that is a complete waste of time I'm, I'm not sure very I'm not sure who is, who is everyone the taking in Pickham we've got Patriots will win this is there everyone is. taking Patriots right. in the Pickham? Saints. There we go. Ollie went against the Patriots last week and it worked out for him. Could do I think again. I think the way Kareem Hunt ran all over the Patriots last week doesn't bode well for this game. I regards. think that was largely about them defending Andy Reid's scheme badly in terms of they had the best, probably one of the best three run defences in the league last year. And I think they will again this year once they're not against the team who are so diverse in the weather in the weather on the ball and I, and I just think last week was just a massive coaching breakdown more than anything else and I'd be amazed if you saw that again this week 
Ollie Hunter, what is your pick for your game that you want to watch now that you've been left with? It's not the Dregs. There are actually I'll some really what, good games this week. I'm picking a game that before week one and before a certain man had his ban rescinded, people will probably looked at it and gone, oh, I don't quite fancy that as much. But I think Dallas at Denver looks like a really interesting game, given how how interesting I'm going to say interesting how interesting the offense and Trevor Simeon was against this is Ollie fully backtracking on his Trevor Simeon hate Do you of know last what? season no I have I totally full, I fully have backtracked because I quite liked watching him I like what they're doing in the run game I like thought CJ Anderson looked really good Demarius Thomas reminded everyone that he's still a, a serviceable receiver and I like their defense and then put that against Dallas who their defense looks great with Sean Lee leading it as per last week. They were so quick to the ball, exactly. it was ridiculous. I think this game up in up in Mile High looks like a really interesting game. My uh, my concern for this and the reason I think the Broncos are going to win and I actually think win handily more than beat the spread is the fact that the Cowboys struggled to finish off drives last week against a similarly tough front in the Giants. I would be worried they're going to struggle with that even more on the road. Did you say you the think road. the Cowboys will lose handily? I think the Broncos are going to win. I think, really? the, Bron- yep, yeah, I think, I think the Broncos, think the Cowboys, I think the Cowboys will win comfortably. Yes, yeah, so do I. I'm the other end of the scale. I am the, the, in the middle, the, but the Broncos just winning. <laughs> the, the issue for the Broncos is that their defence is great, but the one area it's massively weak is against the run. What and, is um, happening? I, think, I, I, I just think... I think the only reason Denver have a chance is because they have one of the toughest home field advantages in the NFL. But I think the Cowboys will win by at least five points. All right. I'm taking the Broncos by a touchdown. I'm going all in. Broncos by a field goal. Anyone else got any thoughts on this game? Have you just uh, faded them out? What <laughs> in the holy... I think someone just took Clancy you... from the desk. What are you talking about? Are you there, Clancy? I am back now after listening to some TalkSport adverts, including one for Juicen and one for something else. <laughs> some, some clown just uh, uh, just took you. I apologise. Don't that. be silly. It's all good. <laughs> Clancy, did you have any thoughts on it? I was wondering why... I didn't hear what the question was. Uh, yeah, any thoughts on this game? Well, I've said that I, th- I think the Broncos, with home field advantage and what I saw from them this week, versus the fact that, I d- that Dallas didn't finish off their drives... Last week, I genuinely believe that the Broncos will win at home I, I think and they win have by to, a touchdown. I think they have to establish CJ Anderson early because I think if Dallas if yeah. Dallas shut that down and, and rely on Trevor Simeon to win this game, they're not winning. I, I, I think um, I think De- I think Denver will not win this game. I think Dallas have too much for them. Elliott too much on the outside with with Des Bryant and with um, with Cole Beasley. I can't see anything other than a Cowboys win. Right, what I'm going to do, I'm going to go through the other games that I think look intriguing this week. There's going to be three or four of those. I'll throw one of those at you each, and then we'll just round up the rest of the games very quickly. Uh, So, one for me, and I'm going to ask Matt Sherry about this one, because he watched the Chiefs twice last week, as he revealed to us the next morning. Uh, (laughs) The uh, Kansas City Chiefs uh, are facing off with the Philadelphia Eagles, two teams with big Two score wins last week. Two teams who coming into the season maybe didn't carry the same level of heat that those performances suggested. Uh, and uh, and a, a game which Chiefs are big favourites at home, but I think that might be doing the Eagles a bit of a disservice. No, I disagree. I think the Chiefs will win fairly comfortably. I, I think yep. the Eagles' win was more about the fact that Washington, to me, are, are a team in, in borderline disarray. Um, and I wasn't as impressed with Carson Wentz as other people where I think he he had some spectacular plays but down to down I, I think there's a huge amount of work to do there and if any team is going to shut down the Eagles it's an Andy Reid team because the, Doug Peterson has basically nicked his playbook never updated it and using it so I would think that the Chiefs will win this fairly comfortably Alright who's everyone else taking on the old Pickham game? Chiefs Chiefs all round? Yeah. Fair. Uh, Ollie, let me ask you about Titans-Jags. Was the Jags win in Houston the perfect storm, as Matt Sherry kept calling it on the podcast last week? A team team from Florida playing a team from Houston. Um, Or was it a case of that Jaguars defence being genuinely legit? Are the Titans going to go 0-2 and the Jags go 2-0 and Cats friends with dogs and hamburgers eating people? And is it all going to be upside down? That defence is legit. 100%. 100%. I'm fully all in on that. Still got to worry about Blake Bortles. The loss of Alan Robinson, I think, is huge. But Marquise Lee and, well, Alan Hearns, if, if he can catch anything. But Marquise Lee, I think, will step up. Really like that Jags defence. 
I'm not as high on the Titans now as I was beforehand, but still they do have Mariota, they do have DeMarco Murray, they do have those wideouts. So it, that obviously is where it's going to be won and lost, I think, those th- that side of the ball. But I'm just about shading the Jags to go 2-0. and Anyone else? I think the Titans will win. I think the Jags... Oh, that that defence, you're right, is absolutely phenomenal. But And I, I actually think the Jaguars are probably a number one receiver, a good tight end, and a quarterback away from going deep in the playoffs. <laughs> just a quarterback. Deep. Well, of course, just a quarterback. And, you know, we all know the travails of teams trying to find quarterbacks. But, you know... Every single piece at every level of that defense. I mean, that front four is ridiculous. Miles Jack is, you know, looks like he's going to be the player that I thought he was going to be. And on the back end, I mean, AJ Bouye and um, and the kid from Florida State, Jalen Ramsey, are absolutely super. I mean, what a pair of corners they are. Barry Church is just holding it all together at safety. Really good, solid, underrated player. And I just think, um, I just think that's a superb defense, but I just think that the Titans are going to have too much defensively to shut down that Jags. Yeah, defense, I think unless unless Leonard Fournette just runs wild, and I'm not not sure I can see that. Well, the Jags did exactly what they said they were going to do. Marone, they established Fournette very early, which gave Bortles more time in the pocket. And actually, there were a couple of throws last week from Bortles where he progressed through three reads and made the right throw and threw on time. And you're like, oh, so it is there in his head. He's just not processing it quick enough, and and. Uh, his mechanics are all over the shop, but clearly there is something there which shows you why occasionally in practice they seem to think he's worthwhile. But I don't think he's going to get that sort of time this week. I think you're right. And uh, yeah, I think that's going to cost them. It's a shame. I think both teams are going to go one and one. I'd love the Jags to be coming to London next week 2-0, and oh, but I don't think they're going to do it. Sherry, what are you picking uh, on the pick'em? I'm convinced. I mean, I think I picked the Titans, but I am going to change it before Sunday because I do think the Jags are going to win. So there we go. Sherry, make sure you do change it before Sunday because... Uh, <laughs> You're so bitter about this. Mine still hasn't been rectified. I've got to go in and rectify Ollie's pick because yeah. he picked the wrong team and apparently that's somehow all of our faults. Uh, Ollie, <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Uh, uh, Clancy, I've got to ask you about this game because we haven't seen them play yet. The Miami Dolphins well, the facing off with the Los <laughs> Angeles Chargers in the 30,000-seater StubHub Arena. Uh, what what can we expect of Jay Cutler? I mean, he's looked really good in camp, uh, you know, and has been honed down by Adam Gaze. Uh, looks in good shape. The players, are, his teammates are talking massively in terms of, you know, arm talent, which we all know he has. It's just cutting out those, those silly mistakes, the interceptions. Listen, he's surrounded by better skill position players I think than he's ever had in terms of you know uh, fairly strong running game you know Ajayi looks like he's um you know he's worked ridiculously hard in the offseason has become a Adam Gay said the other day that Ajayi has now taken over as the kind of number one team leader which is astonishing you know you look at the, the receiving talent Devontae Parker looks prime for a massive year um so I think it, uh, you know and the interesting thing about this game is that Rivers and do you remember Rivers and Cutler hate each other do you remember back when they were in the AFC West and when they were rookies in the second year, there was a Monday night game when they were arguing with each other when one was on the sideline, one was on the field. They, they are not fans of one another, so that should be an interesting sort of subplot. I, but, I, um, I very much know, from a personality perspective, which side of that <laughs> argument I fall on. Um, it's uh, like uh, Cutler hates uh, you. Uh, <laughs> is the line going to stand up to that Chargers pass rush? Uh, well, Melvin Ingram was giving it the big one on uh, in the press conference yesterday, but, you know, Laramie Tunson and Juwan James at tackle, Mike Pounce, you know, there's not many, when, when Pouncey's fit, there's not many centres better than Mike Pouncey. The guards are an issue, but then Adam Gaze doesn't want, you know, he's, that's why the Dolphins never spend lots of money on guards, is because a, Gaze wants the ball out of the quarterback's hand really quickly. He doesn't need, you know, three or four seconds for, for guards to hold their position. If they can hold it for one and a half, two seconds, boom, the ball comes out. It's absolutely, that's the way he's always had it. Um, you, you know, Tunsil and... I know you love the Dolphins, Simon, but their skill position players are definitely not better than Matt Fordier, Martellus Bennett. Alshon Jeffrey and Brandon Marshall were a few years ago. So Kenny Stills, Jarvis Landry, Julius Thomas, Devontae Parker, Jay Ajayi. So I'd take what those. you've what you've just named there is players who are all worse than the players I've just mentioned, except for Ajayi. Except, except Alshon Jeffrey was injured, and Brandon Marshall was in his fifty eighth year. Yeah, Marshall was still really good. Marshall, I mean, I was, Marshall was past yeah. They did have that one year of Marshall and Jeffrey where they both looked good, but the following year, yeah, in that, classic, wasn't, that wasn't the in, year that in, get, that in classic the year Marshall that... fashion. Marshall had a big fall off a cliff after year one. Jeffrey got injured. Uh, I, I, Marshall plays out the slot now. I mean, who would you take in the slot, Brandon on, Marshall or Jarvis Landry? On paper, on paper, the the team 
in like sounds better. That Bears team is splashier, bigger, fancy names, all of that stuff. Yeah, but what do they but do? I, I expect him to be more exactly. productive with games this team aren't played on now. paper. Will so do I'm just finding Simon do But the main thing <laughs> the is, is that uh, uh, is going to run all over those linebackers, yeah. and that's why I think that Miami will at least cover the four point five point spread. And they might actually go in there and win the game. I'm taking the charges at Fortress StubHub. <laughs> Moron. Uh, <laughs> can, I, can I take Just a tie? Just wanted to say Fortress StubHub. <laughs> Can I take a tie? No, you can't no. take a tie. Uh, I'll go Dolphins just. Right, everyone's got to talk about one more game, whether you like it or not. Uh, you can pick it or I can give it to you. What would you like? You I'm can give to. it to us, Willie. Oh. As usual. All right. Uh, let's start off with you then, Matt Sherry. Bears, Buccaneers, another team we've not seen yet. And now they get set up to play at Raymond James. Big, big favourites over the Bears. But I think the Bears surprised some people last week. Yeah, the Bears were really good, especially on defence. It's hard to know how much of that is a Super Bowl hangover for Atlanta or, or whether the Bears are just poised to be really good. I actually think the Bears now have the best running game in the NFL in terms of two options plus... A really good offensive line to spring Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohn free. So the Bears definitely have something to build upon. And this this might have looked like a, a nice, easy first game for Tampa, another team who I think a lot of people think could, could cause some damage this year. But but I could I could see this being a close one as well, with, with Tampa probably just staking it. I think the king of hyperbole might have oversold that running game after one game, <laughs> but it's it's definitely intriguing that it could be up there. If well, Jordan take... Howard was the best running back in the NFL last year because he didn't play. He was the second leading rusher and he didn't play a game till October. Uh, I am taking the Buccaneers at home, however, even though the Bears are going to be plucky and probably beat the spread. Yeah, I think so. Bucks for me. Bucks for me too, but it'll be a good game. Uh, Ollie Washington. Do you want to talk about that one? Yeah, Washington Rams. Uh, the rumours are that uh, the Rams are actually paying people now to go and watch their games. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm really looking Clearly forward to Clearly not this. enough. Yeah. What, what, what Stan Kroenke should do is get all those Cologne fans who were at Arsenal last night and <laughs> ship them out. Yeah. There'll be an atmosphere in the Coliseum then. Yeah, well. It'd be um, like that Texas-USC game from 2006, the national championship game, that, that kind of atmosphere. I am going, uh, I'm turning full circle, not full circle, I'm going 180 uh, on my dislike for the Washington football franchise. I don't like them, I don't like what they've done. Kirk Cousins isn't, he's phoning it in, he's basically phoning it in and waiting for his transfer over to the 49ers, uh, which may not happen if he plays as, uh, as badly as he did last week, as he may do the whole of the, the, whole of the season. Uh, I'm taking the Rams, um, I think... Todd Gurley will have a much better game this year. Washington were terrible on the ground last week and that is a that is a big big problem against that Los Angeles front with Aaron Donald back in training and according to reports from the beat writers looking very very impressive fully fit ready to go athletic defense gets better love that Uh, Rams going 2-0 who'd have thought it (laughs) everyone else it's happening though Oh, Rams all round. Look, there's too much agreement on the show this week. I'm not. Have you been listening to Sherry and Clancy? <laughs> oh yeah, Come that's on. fair. fair. <laughs> uh, do, Sherry, what do you think that the Cleveland Browns have a chance going into Baltimore, who shut out the Bengals last week? Uh, I think they do simply because I just don't think Baltimore's offense is is good enough that they'll ever be in a game that they win comfortably, unless their defense does what it did last week, every single week. So yeah, I think if. if if they can eliminate turnovers on offense, I think they've got every chance. I think you're looking at a relatively low-scoring game, both teams under 20 points, and and one that really could go either way. I, I really, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see an upset this week. As much as I absolutely think that Ravens defense is is great, and I think they'll challenge in the north. I think the Browns, I think the Browns are going to be competitive most weeks mm. now, and and. Every once in a while, they'll pick up a win within that. I think um, I think I don't think there's a team in the NFL who have such a disparity between the quality of, the, of their defense and the paucity of their offense. I mean, the, 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 such a huge gap between the two. The Ravens' defense is so good. You know, look at and underrated guys as well. You know, Tony Jefferson, a guy who's gone under the radar. We all know what a good player he is, but he doesn't get the pub he should. Patrick on Wusaw at linebacker, really good player. Guys up front like Bronson Kafusi and Chris Wormley, I mean, they're really, really good defence. Their offence is balls. It's absolutely rubbish. And I like the Browns, and I think I actually think they've got the... And I think it's fascinating, actually, to see what's happening to Notre Dame with um, with Brian um, Kelly. Kelly. Since 
Deshaun Kaiser has left. And there was all that issue about last year. Maybe Kaiser wasn't the quarterback they thought it was. Turns out Brian Kelly looks like he was the issue and Kaiser is the one that was being held back by Kelly's inability to, you know, to really be a, a quality head coach at the college football level. I now, think they've got the quarterback that they want. The, the problem is, of course, is that we can sit here and every week go, the Browns are going to be plucky. The Browns are going to d- like keep this tight, but they're going to lose eventually. Eventually, they've got to get some wins. But don't worry, they've got Indianapolis, Cincinnati and the New York Jets as their next three games. Yeah, so well, that's it. Come so week five, they, they could have a winning record. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, uh, I'll talk Cardinals Holtz because uh, our, tradition is on, our, our tradition is on week two that we do a, a essentially a should you be panicking yet feature for the all the 0-2 teams should they be worried about their season already should they be worried about where they're going um and whoever loses this game for two teams who thought they were going to the playoffs just a quick hint indianapolis you never were but for two teams who thought they were going to the playoffs whoever loses this game definitely isn't going to the playoffs uh, and i think that's going to be the indianapolis colts they were the worst team in the nfl last week if they're not bottom of every single power rankings this weekend i have no idea what is going on even with carson palmer looking like he's struggling throwing three or two terrible picks and one tipped pick even without david johnson and having to move to the backups even with the fact that they really struggled to block last week carson palmer got a lot of stick but the o-line had a really really bad game which had been a strength two years ago but even with all of those issues there is no worse team in the NFL right now than the Indianapolis Colts, and I'm including the 49ers and the Jets in that. Colts I think I repeat terrible. what I said last week. We get a team of listeners, we beat the Colts. They are that bad. Who would, which positions would we play? Oh, we didn't really get into that last week. I mean, Will's obviously an alignment of some description. Either a nose tackle or a, or a power guard. Yeah, yeah, he's not athletic enough for the, for the outside of the line, that's for certain. Ollie's got to be that taking the top off the defence receiver. Either that or he could be a third down back, Ollie. I imagine him to be quite Oh, yeah, 50. no. He's like Tariq Cohen. A ret- yeah. I, I was thinking he's like the ginger a pu- Tariq Cohen. A punt yeah. returner. I, I'm, well, there, there's that. I've got some, some nifty speed. I think I'm more of a safety. Nah, uh, I'm going to get run over in the run game. I played flag I'm at a, safety. I'm a run stuffing linebacker who takes Frank Gore out but really struggles if anybody has to run a pass pass. I, I don't think your change of direction is going to be great, mate. Right, so. guys, we've just got f- we've got the four more games we need to oh. very, very oh, quickly fire that through. That wasn't fun. Yes, it was too fun. We're running out of time. <laughs> Some of us have got to go and do real work. That was good fun, but it, it's just following up on Sherry's I've got gag from last week. Let's quickly go through. Bills, Panthers, does anyone believe that, uh, that McDermott is going to go in and do a job over his former team? No. 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 Fine. Everyone's got the Panthers. Oh, the Bills offense last week, just more love. They should get more love than they deserve. No, they played great. the Jets. The play- Giants, yes, mate, we just gi- move on? Giants to bounce back against the Lions at home? No. Offense no, is terrible. Uh, Odell Beckham could be out for another six, another four to six weeks, apparently. They've been lying to us about how bad that injury Can is. Can I just throw this out there as well? Take away, you know, it's a big thing to take away, but take away Eli Manning's two Super Bowl championships. What, what He's not in the league is anymore, is he? No. So it, I think we're Lions all round, and we'll talk more about that game on Monday, I'm sure. Uh, Jets, Raiders. 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 Raiders by 30. Raiders by 30. Well, at least. At least 30. And the two 0-1 NFC West teams, basically the same, the 49ers <laughs> at the Seahawks. Seahawks by a mile. They, are they going to beat the 14-point spread? I think so. I yes. think Seahawks, but the Niners cover. 49ers. Yeah, the Niners Thanks, cover guys. Well. Thanks, guys. Not really. I'll take the Seahawks. <laughs> right. Simon Clancy, Matthew Sherry, thank you to you for joining us as always. Beautiful. Uh, we started 19 hours ago, so this has been fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good show. Devon House was great. We, yeah, we, in the building. We, we talked to, to about our positions in the team. He's in the building. Oh, you cut that off. Uh, I did cut that off because we've got to get out of here. But uh, thank you to you guys. Thank you to everyone for listening. As always, get in touch at Gridiron on Twitter. Make sure you go and do your picks online because if you pick the most games this week in a game with a lot of toss ups, then I would suggest that you've got a good chance of winning the prize this week. For courtesy of our friends at Football America, uh, don't forget to go so on. If you uh, pick the most games this week, you've got a good chance of no, winning but, the prize yeah, this but week. The point is, is that there were five people tied at the top last week. I think uh, that that was an outlier. Sorry, mate. This week right. will be less teams because yeah, of okay. the number of throw-up games. Thank you. Sorry, mate. Uh, <laughs> uh, get in touch uh, with our guy, friends at Touchdown Trips as well. Ben Mortimer is the absolute man. Uh, just let them.
them know you love them and that you love the show. That would be good enough for me. Uh, but also try and book a trip with them as well. Uh, and otherwise, thank you very much for listening. We love hearing from you on social media, etc. So let us know your thoughts on the weekend's games. And we'll see you on Monday slash Tuesday. Maybe Simon Clancy will be there again. Two in a row. Could it be possible? Could it be? You've been listening to The Gridiron Show. Hi everyone, it's Dev off the radio here. We're doing a brand new podcast from LucasAid Sport called Running the Show. And I'm Sam Thompson from Made in Chelsea. Hey. I'll be joining Annoying slash being overly affectionate with Dev <laughs> for the next 12 weeks as we both take up running for the first time. Make sure you join us on all your podcast providers to find out which one of us is killing the training and which one of us is hating every second. Probably me. 